Welcome to episode 31 of the British Ultronic Podcast with your co-hosts James Elson and Dan Lawson. So it's episode 31 and um, first order of business is to see how the last one standing event went for you in Northern Ireland where by all accounts you had ideal conditions throughout the event. It wasn't too bad actually. Oh really? Yeah. Um, it was a bad first day. It was actually, yeah. I, I haven't spoken to you, have I, since I got back? It was no, about, it was... and let me just say, I read something from the organiser today that was approaching a race report, but more like a lengthy Facebook update, where he said that if the wind speeds got to 55, he was going to have to cancel the race, but they got to 52, so everything was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm. Um... it's funny because I, I actually quite enjoyed it. I think when when I look back at like when I try and think of my mindset in the race, I was actually quite enjoying it. But I think it's flipped the other way. Sometimes you you run a race or you do something and you forget all the hard bits, don't you? And you remember all the good bits. Yeah. And for me, every time I recount the race to people, I just remember all the shitty bits of this race, and I've kind of convinced myself it was <clears throat> it was hideous. But I don't think it was that bad. I mean, the first day, the weather, the weather was pretty gruesome. Yeah, it was wet and it was windy and like it was just the course was just puddles and squelchy mud and like puddles <clears throat> like above your ankles and cold water in your shoes the whole time and and just you know it was like that energy sapping sapping mud and it was. Um, and the yeah the first day was quite yeah and like you must have experienced it at that arc as well it's a long night isn't it it's like a 13 and a half 14 hours of, of darkness isn't it mm. it just seemed to it seemed to that it was just light was never going to come and but on the second the second day when it did get light it was actually it wasn't it was actually quite a nice day there was some blue sky there was some beautiful views over this uh this lock we were running nearby. So, yeah, it was just that, that first day was just, yeah, the weather was pretty bad. Yeah. So but, uh, we didn't really explain to new listeners <laughs> what the format is. Yeah, it's quite a cool format, actually. I, I And I really enjoyed the format in the first, I don't know, 16, 17 hours. So basically you run a 4.2 or 4.1 mile loop and you have an hour to do it. And when the hour's finished, then everyone lines up and starts again and, and does the same thing again. So for the first six, five or six hours, it's quite a busy, it's quite a busy loop, you know, because no one's no one's dropped out as yet. And and actually, I I the first my first two laps, I wanted to know how slow you could go to get round. So I, I ran with a chap who's run it like five or six times, Rich Cranswick. And um, and it was basically a walk, the the first the first two laps I did. You know, it's a little bit of running and a little bit of walking, and you got round in fifty five minutes. Mm. So that that surprised me that it was quite a, it was just a trudge through some muddy puddles. And then I got I got a bit bored of doing that, so I thought I'd, I'd try and run a little bit quicker. So and then I ended up running maybe like forty two forty four minute laps so I was having like 
like a quarter of an hour rest before we started again. So what are you and doing? What are you doing in that fifteen minutes? Are you going inside? Are you getting food? Are you what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. So the, the first like twenty hours or so, I was really, I was quite enjoying. It. I was just going inside. I was sitting down. I was nibbling like on some food. I was like catching up on WhatsApp messages. I was looking at football scores. I was like chatting to people. It was quite good fun and I quite enjoyed it. And I, and then, you know, they they put over the megaphone or two minutes to the start, one minute to the start and you just pop pop out and then you just get going again. And it was, I was thinking, man, this is like, this is real nice. I'm, I'm enjoying this. You know, it would, time was just going super quickly because there's no, it's not like when you run a 24 hour when you've got that time limit. So you're kind of counting down, aren't you? You mm. get to six, you get to six hours and you think, oh, like, I'm a quarter of the way through, eight hours, or oh, that's a third of the way through, 12. I'm, but because there's no end to it, you're not really thinking in terms of like how long I've got left. You're just doing an hour, then another hour, then another hour. Mm. But what happened was after about 16, 17 hours, maybe like, maybe even 20 hours, that 16-minute break, just from being something quite enjoyable, just became something quite hideous for me. It was, I was, I'd sit down, I'd stiffen up, I'd start to feel a bit sick. I was, and it was actually, that that break was more detrimental than that beneficial. It was, so then I started trying to go a bit slower, um, round the course so I didn't have that much of a break so I could carry on going well that was thought was that I could carry on going a bit better without waiting mm. and when I started to move slower then I, then my mind started to just um like I don't know talk me into the fact that I wasn't really enjoying it and uh and slow not even slowly as you know quite quickly you suddenly get to the point when you're like oh my god I don't want to be out here now. It's, it's, <laughs> like, it's dark again. My legs hurt. My, and I kind of, I just, I think I stopped at 29 hours. And I was, yeah, I knew that I didn't have another 10 hours in me. I knew it. And I kind of couldn't really see the point of of keeping going. I was, I was, I was tired. I was tired. I don't think I could have done that many more laps. But I kind of. <laughs> yeah. No, how, how, many, how many started the race and how many are left with 29 hours on the clock? Uh, I don't know how many started. Maybe, I don't know, 152. I, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, wow, and then, yeah, like, and then at the end, I think I was the eighth person to drop. And then, okay. so there was okay. eight, there was eight people still in. Mm-hmm. And then a few, in the next couple of laps, a few more, a few more dropped out and then it was left with three of them, a chap called Gwyn and then Eon Keith um, and this chap called Peter Cromie. And then Gwyn dropped out and I think Eon and Peter kept going for another like five laps themselves and they, Eon made it to 40 hours and then Peter had to do his extra lap to be the winner and and ended up doing 41 hours. But man, he was so impressive. It was it was so, it was so wonderful. It was just great to see. I mean, he's run this event now quite a few times. I think he's got a PB of 48 hours in it or 49. But he he still looked so fresh at 41 hours, you know. He was just, 
he just seemed really happy he was just going out there and just grinding out another lap coming back in grinding out another one and it was just it was really impressive to see was he, was he sleeping no they were coming in and like were closing their eyes they were probably doing about 53 minute laps towards the end and they were mm. they shut their eyes eon was was trying to sleep um but you know they get like a minute, a minute, a minute and a half sleep maybe something mm, like that, mm. and it puts into perspective that I mean the year I know Maggie uh, Maggie Gutterall and uh, won it in fifty plus hours, but Johan Steen and Courtney um, that year before in the, in the one in America they did sixty eight hours man <laughs> I, know. I know I can't I cannot I just can't imagine. Yeah. Beforehand, I was thinking, oh, maybe this format would be like something I I I quite enjoy and I quite get into. And mm. I did enjoy it for a bit, but I don't think I'd enjoy it for sixty-eight hours. Like mm. I kind of came, I was hum- I was like stumbling around Belfast, uh, waiting for my plane the next morning, and I kind of came to the realization that I think um, that these lapped races are not that. I just not had enough of them, but I think I need a break from them. Mm. And I was just thinking, I just want to race a proper race again. I haven't raced like a like a hundred miler or a like a proper race for so for I, so long. I totally, Maybe, I totally get that. I definitely yeah. feel the same. And um, I did too many years of flogging a dead horse there on on the lap circuit. I think. Uh, that's maybe why, even though the argument of attrition didn't go, you know, incredibly, it went well enough, and I've left. I'm left with quite a satisfied feeling from it because it was a journey, um, which yeah. I, I completed in reasonable shape. Right. So tactically, then that was quite interesting to hear how it played out. Uh, so you're back. Your legs were a mess, right? You got that thing where all oh the God, yeah. and water sticks to your calf, and then it just strips yeah. your skin and gets stuck in the. Did crack that happen to you? Did it happen to you? <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. can't get it off, can you? And if you try and scrub it, it's so sore. You yeah. just have to yeah. leave it, and then you've got mud ingrained in your body for like a week. Yeah, and everyone thought I was. Everyone thought I was just nuts because everyone else had trousers on. And yeah, I had that's the thing. I wore shorts and, at the arc, so yeah. <laughs> and I was, I was lining up at the start line every time. I'm going, oh my god, my legs are on fire! Like, <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with them? I was going, are you? I was going, like, anyone else? Are you feeling it? And they were like, no, no, no. And I was like, geez, what is wrong with them? They were just red, raw, and yeah. actually. When I it must have been the same view, and you stop, and then you're covered in this mud, yeah, and you have to, at some point, you have to. I, like all I had was shorts, I didn't have any long trousers, and I had to get on a plane <laughs> um, to get back to England, and I just had this mud all over me. But I couldn't bring myself to like uh, wash it off because it hurt. Yeah, it's, it, like even a tiny little touch of your leg hurt so much, mm. and to think of like that like, scraping and rubbing the mud off was just. Um, Oh, it was hideous. But actually, when I did, you have that. The, it took a week for the mud to come off my yeah, yeah it's a <laughs> my week. legs. It was, Do you know that's ridiculous. the reason that I wore um, calf guards at um, like calf sleeves at Barclay because uh, there's the briars that slice your legs up. But I also wore them because I knew how bad the mud was going to be, and I didn't want that. You know, for like 30, 40, 50 hours, I knew it would become. Yeah. You know, there's there's a bit miserable and miserable, like you can just keep going through it, and that is one of those things. But it does become 
Um, it does oh, become a real sort of thing on your mind. You constantly think, and then you accidentally kick, especially when the um, terrain's rough. You you end up kicking the back of your leg by accident a lot when you're running because your gait's getting bad, and it just stings like a bastard. Oh man, it stings so much. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was crazy. Good times. Absolutely That's why we do it. Crazy. I, I reckon the way to sum up that you know you were talking about. It's a mess. What was it? Your bit yeah. on the arc from Senon to whatever. Mm. That 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 would have been yeah, twenty nine hours of uh, four point one uh, mile loops in your uh, Senon to wherever um, track. Yeah, it was mm. just I reckon it was exactly the same. It was just like that. It it's just, not an easy time of year to run an event like that, anyway. Uh, no, not in not in Northern Ireland. <laughs> like, what what was I thinking? Yeah. Yeah, Northern Ireland in February. Actually, I did arrive in that town near Northern Ireland, near where we were running in Downpatrick, and I, because I was a bit worried about the weather. And when I got off the bus in this little town, I noticed that everyone had this amazing orange suntan. <laughs> and then, but then I realised that uh, it might have come from uh, from other places rather than the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely suntans, all the young ladies. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah. I think I do, yeah, I do, the format is not something that I can see myself doing soon, but I wouldn't mind giving it a go one day, I think. It's... I'll tell you what would be good. All I kept on thinking as I was going around, I was thinking, oh, man, this would be... I, I was thinking this. It wasn't... I wasn't not joking. That it would be fun to do it with, like, you and Robbie and just run... Because you could have a right laugh because you're not running that fast and you could just have a... You could have a right giggle, you know what I mean, as you were as you were going round. So I think to run it with someone like, yeah, someone you knew, like a mate and that, it would be quite be quite good fun. What yeah. bothers me is having to be with other people the whole time. And that's what bothers me about twenty four hour track racing, because I like to be on my own. Oh, <laughs> you but know, you, you... Yeah, I'd like yeah, to I run off. Or, yeah, I wanted to chat to people, but I couldn't always get. That's why Callum was good because he was up for a chat. Right, but um, but actually, funny enough, you you do end up even at the start in the first few four laps, you could get to a point where you you were on your own. You could run on your own. Okay. I was the annoying person that was coming up. I, I think Sharon Gator. Uh, the lady who just broke the joggle record. I think she likes to run on her own. And I was, was she there? Was I, she? She was running. Yeah, yeah. Well, I ran wow. with her for a couple. I ran with her for a couple of laps, and she kept on saying, "Right, yeah, you go ahead now. Off you go." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Bye." I was like, "No, <laughs> oh, no, <I> <laughs> no, I'm all right." No, honestly, see you, you later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who won the ladies' race? So one of the ladies went really late on, didn't she? she oh, was... there was this wonderful uh, girl from um, uh, from Switzerland. Yeah, she'd finished oh, third really? in Ukraine, uh, and she did 33 hours in the Ukrainian one. I think she did 30, maybe she was only 32 hours at this one, yeah. So but that's she about 130-odd miles, right? Yeah. Maybe she a bit was, more. She, yeah. she had a good tactic. She was like 55-minute laps every time she Discipline. was just kind of walking running but she always like sprinted the first the first what 400 meters 500 meters and she'd be way ahead of everyone and like just kind of you know moving so smoothly down this hill she was yeah she was great she was great uh, I think, I think really doing more to... of them, that's tactical. I like, I like that. She's probably loosening her legs up and then sort of drops into that walk-run combination. Yeah, yeah very yeah. smart running. 
Yeah, it was. It was really smart running. I actually, yeah, I, I thought she'd go further. I thought she'd go further, but she had a bit of a stomach issue uh, mm. on one lap, and then she didn't. She didn't make it. She timed it. She timed out. I suppose if you're doing 55 minute laps and you have a bit of an issue on a lap, then it really is touch and go when yeah. you get back yeah. before that hour. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think there's there's just going to be more. There's more and more of these cropping up, isn't there? I mean, there, there's yeah. There's, there's dozens, there's dozens of them, and yeah. I, I kind of get why it is completely different. And um, you know, if someone's looking for a new challenge or running in a lower key, more sociable format. It's definitely, mm-hmm. definitely interesting. Yeah. The sleep deprivation yeah. thing sucks. You know, if that had been a normal race of 150 miles or whatever, you'd obviously have just run off and done your own thing and. You know, having to restart every hour and being dragged back to the same yeah. place as everyone else is just such a different it, game. It, it is a different game. And <clears throat> like I said, it's at the start, it seems like you've got time to do everything, you know, and it feels like you've got like so much time to relax. But as the race goes on, you realise that you can't... Like Eon, Keith really wanted to sleep. If he was on the spine, you say, and he'd have just slept for 15 minutes and then got going again. But yeah. he couldn't... He couldn't do that. You don't have, you have time, but not enough time. Like even if you want to, oh, I had these shoes on, these Adidas ones with built-in gaiters, and I couldn't take them off because they took too long to take. They're right nightmare to get off and to take them off and to put on a new pair of shoes. I wouldn't have had time to do it. It's just it's little things that you you just you just don't have time to do because if you were in a proper race, you could stop for. 15 16 mm. minutes you know oh, yeah. Yeah, a yeah. bit longer and then get going again but it's just yeah it starts to you start to realize that you really don't that rest yeah there's you can't really do much in that rest you know mm. i know you said it's not your like favorite format but i reckon somewhere down the line another one might be calling your name a bit more a tactical approach and maybe having a crew would help as well especially later on just in terms of efficiency yeah, I think so. It was cool though. There was like there was lots of people to help. There always yeah. is, isn't yeah, there? Yeah. yeah. As others drop yeah. out, they they chip in and help you, I suppose. <clears throat> yeah, and it was a really yeah. great atmosphere like like that. Yeah. Um what's next? Is there anything between now and the uh, Le Jog in May? No, like <clears throat> I'm just no, I'm gonna have one big weekend, I think. I was asking you whether I could come and run the South Downs fifty or to jog it. Mm-hmm. And then do a there's a seven hour race the next day in London to do that. A seven but, hour race. Yeah. <laughs> what I, is you, that? What is I seven? don't know. It's like <laughs> I don't know. It's like one of your six hour ones, but a, I don't know. One more. I, I don't know why seven. It's an auspicious number, maybe. But yeah, that weekend. That's the start of April. I'll do like maybe four or five hours on a Friday. Then maybe the south fifty on the south. Then that seven hour on a Sunday, and then on the Monday another five hours. So it'd be like a mini mini (laughs) juggle. Well, very mini juggle. Yeah. Yeah. And then that that'll be it. Yeah, I'm ready for ready for your fifth. Are you ready for anything? uh, You're ready for anything. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. More details to follow, I think. Uh, you mm. know, it sounds like you're getting a long way forward with the logistics and stuff, but we'll try and share more <laughs> details when we can. 
Today we have a guest. She just won the spine winter edition, having won the spine summer edition last summer. Not just the the women's race, but beat all the guys as well, just for good measure. She came very very close to winning Lakeland Hundred outright. Also, uh, winning the ladies' race a couple of years ago, she was only overtaken in the last few miles. She's won countless other events, uh, Cumbria away a few times. The Dragon's back, I think she's finished second two or three times. She's won the Grand Tour of Skidor. She's won the Classic Quarter, which is down on the art course. Yeah, basically, she's just got a glittering seven or eight years behind her. I think she's from an adventure racing background, so... I think we're about to find out how adventure racing crosses into ultra running and vice versa, which is what I'm interested in because I'm always claiming that the spine race is just an adventure race and I understand why it's being called an ultra. I was talking to Eon Keefe about adventure racing. Which is his background. yeah, Yeah, he was saying it's like three sports in one and I didn't get it and I was going, what? So like... He's going, yeah, it's usually running. And I was going, what, so you play a bit of basketball and then maybe a bit of tennis? <laughs> no, he's going, we, what, uh, it was like, then he was saying, it's like canoeing and running and, and biking. And biking. I was like, and he was like, it can be any combination. Yeah, but I've seen sports. Eco Trail films on National Geographic Channel where they're doing canyoneering, they're doing climbing, they're doing biking, canoeing, horseback riding, everything. Just covering massive distances, and it seems to be mainly about navigation and sleep deprivation, but also tactics, because you've got, traditionally, I think it's teams of three or four, and there's always at least one female competitor, so you can share loads, you can, you know, put people in specific positions in teams on boats, you know, you can, it's about tactics and sharing the load across a team, and that is... I think that's brilliant. But she, <laughs> I believe that's Sabrina's background, so hopefully we'll get a little bit more of an insight into that. And I'd really like yeah. to know how clo- you know, whether the spine is closer to that than, you know, classic ultra running. And then we try and get her to convince us to do the spine. Uh, that's that's what I want to hear. Um, okay, right, yeah. Without further ado, let's dial in Sabrina. Welcome to the British Ultra Running Podcast, Sabrina Virgie. Hello, thank you for having Hi. me. It is 8.15 in the evening on Wednesday, the 26th of February. Sabrina's in her La Sportiva pyjamas, yeah? Yeah. Sabrina just explained that she um, she didn't know if we were going to be videoing, so she's made the effort to to change out of pyjamas into some La Sportiva clothing, and then only to be told (laughs) that we we don't have a video feed. Do you know, I especially wanted to show you my new shoes. They match the top. I'm so excited. I never get any matching stuff. I'm so excited. Italian design. Yo, colour matching. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What is is the colour match, Sabrina? Talk talk us through it so we can... It's lovely turquoisey sea green in the shoes and it's got a navy blue. I've never been bothered about a shoe colour before. I normally just go, yeah, I'll just have whatever colour the (laughs) cheapest one is when you're buying them. And then... I saw these and I was like, I have to have those. Oh, I thought La Sportiva were just that kind of Watford. <laughs> the one, you, the colours you always wear, James, yellow and blue. Yeah, that's what, they're the cheap yeah, ones, wasps. aren't they? They always wear the fucking yellow ones, but no. Cheap. Yeah. Cheap ones. Oh, I just have the cheap stuff. I just get what I'm well, giving. Exactly. They always end up brown, so you, you know. So you don't true. really care. 
So these ones are so precious. I'm not wearing them for actually. I've, I just wore them inside the gym. They're just your pajama shoes. Yeah. Yeah. I have that problem though because you. I have to wear sportiva shoes. Uh, sorry, I don't have to. I, I choose to wear sportiva <laughs> shoes in casual situations or like when working, like trade shows or events or whatever. And I never have a clean pair. So I end up digging out yeah. the same pair of shoes that they stopped making five years ago that are completely destroyed. Um, so maybe I should keep so, a pair of aquamarine trainers. Yeah. Sabrina, yeah. is your contract, because James always wears a pair of La Sportiva ladies' jeans as well. Ladies' <laughs> jeans? Yeah. Have you got a pair of them? I don't have any jeans, no. No. They, 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 were, la- they were ladies' jeans and the pockets disintegrated, <laughs> so I've had to just retire them until I can bother to sew them up again. Um, the ladies' last team of casual clothing fits me really well, I have to say. Um, <laughs> have a good collection of it. Um, anyhow, right, Sabrina, um, you, you come on here as a star of the scene. Can we rewind before ultra running? And is it right that you started out as an adventure racer? And can you tell us any more about that? Yeah, so <clears throat> I found adventure racing when I was at university. So it was some 15 years, maybe more. And um, I did it for about 10 years, uh, racing in a team of four, uh, three guys and a girl normally. And I just, I mean, adventure racing, you can do short races. So you can do four or five hours shorter things. And it's um, multidisciplinary, tends to be running, biking. um, And some of them have kayaking, some have abseiling, rope work. Some throw in random things like co-steering, jumping off cliffs, which I hate. Um, And... uh, Oh, yeah, we had rollerblading. Um, <laughs> rollerblading? Uh, yeah, skikes. A lot of the European races. Um, of course, the Brits then end up just on their asses because they're rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> and the Europeans actually kick our butts and laugh at us. Right. Uh, but then we get back on some other uh, some other. Sports. And this is over like three, four days, right? Massive distances. So, yeah, so that's what I say. They're not all long, but I preferred the longer ones. So when I found adventure racing, I went straight for a sort of five-day epic um, and just loved it. Um, and some of them are, most of them, the expedition races are non-stop. So you have to manage your sleep or sleep deprivation, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do also do some where you stop at night. Um, but I prefer the continuous racing. Did you take part in the rollerblading one? Yeah. Was that what, to, yeah. yeah. So what other sports were involved in that particular uh, that race? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, that was the Skikes. We did Skikes. And What's a Skike? Yeah, it was really weird. They're just <laughs> random things with wheels on that you put on your feet. And yeah. have to try and move along, sometimes on the roads. This rollerblader was on full-on roads, uphill and downhill on rollerblading. <laughs> there, was, there was a 40-kilometre section of rollerblading. I mean, 40k? Like, yeah, 40-kilometres. <laughs> Luckily, that one was on, um, on cycle paths, and they were quite smooth because, you know, it's another thing trying to do it off-road, which... Yeah, <laughs> rollerblading <laughs> off-road. Yeah, they made us do all sorts. Anyway... But obviously, your um, part of adventure racing is that you actually decide the route. You have to get to these checkpoints, but sometimes there's route choice. So uh, actually, if you end up off road, that's probably your fault. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know that? Do you know what the sport's going to be beforehand, or is that like a? Do they keep uh, that a surprise? Most of the time, the big sports you'll know, 
but they can throw in something exciting. And this is they often throw in a cliff jump, and I hate it. Oh, I am petrified that, yeah. of heights mm. and jumping into water in particular. So yeah, I have to be pushed off basically. But um, you you love the the non-stop, so it's sleep yes. deprivation and racing kind of on you know on you know day after day. Was yeah. that something you immediately gravitated to? And is that a yeah, big component now in your okay? Yeah, I yeah. love it. I like being well. First of all, the biggest thing is that I like being in the wilderness, and in order to do that, you need to be able to be independent, and you need to be able to be out on your feet for a long time to get into the really nitty gritty parts of you know, certain parts of certain countries, you, you need to trek in, you know, I've been in uh, in Costa Rica, for example, one adventure race we did there, the World Champs. Um, we were in the jungle for like 24 hours. Right, um, wow. You know, one of the teams went completely AWOL. <laughs> they lost them <laughs> and their trackers weren't working. So they lost the team for like two days and then they, they finally emerged. Um, but yeah. And what were they doing? Were they on pogo sticks? No, I think they just got Not. horribly lost. Now, Dan's desperate to hear that you do ball sports in these events, Bruno. He wants to hear that you play basketball or football in the middle of a, of a sports area they don't venture into. Yeah, and um, I can't do ball sports. So I used to watch, yeah. I, when, I, when I was a kid even, I remember the National Geographic Channel and um, Eco Challenge events. Oh, yes. Yeah, the Eco Challenge, yeah. And that was... Re- That's made a comeback now. Has it? Because that was incredible to watch, you know, just the whole, I don't know how they even filmed it, given the distances being covered, but, um, you know, is it the same vein, the expedition races, is that a similar sort of thing to, yeah. to what you, yeah, okay. So then what made you sort of go towards the running side of things? Yeah, I was in these teams and I I started, when I started adventure racing, I'd come from triathlon and road cycling and I was extremely strong on the bike and we would but I was terrible. I couldn't run. I couldn't keep up. I couldn't run off road. I'd never run off road. And I was holding my teammates up and it was driving me mad. Right. Um, so I had to get better. Oh, yes. And I'd be towed on a rope. Yeah. The boys would, the strongest guy on the team would attach a rope to the back of his rucksack and he'd be dragging me up these hills. Right. I, I couldn't get up them on my own. I was, I was horrendously slow. It was an embarrassment. But on the bike, there was one point when I was towing all three of them. And then, you know, I'd, I'd push their bikes up the hill for them. And so I was really strong on the bike and I was right. terrible on So I was like, right, I have to do something about this. So um, I, I did a lot of training in running and then it just flipped the other way. Suddenly on foot, I'm waiting for everybody and it's driving me mad. <laughs> so then I thought, right, I really like this running. Um, and I, I don't like waiting for people when I'm running. <laughs> I want to run at my own pace. Okay. Um, and so I thought, do you know what? Why don't I try ultra running? Because I think I might be all right at that. So um, I entered the Grand Tour of Skidder. That was my first adventure race. Mm. And yeah, I won. And I won a pair of Las Bortiva Mutants. And that's when I started wearing them, actually, funnily enough. Yeah, yellow and black. Yeah. Yellow and black. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you went to Poland and did almost a hundred mile, right? Oh yeah. So then I decided, okay, so this is me. I I can't do something just, you know, gently, gently. I then have to go for people going on about this UTMB. And I was like, Oh, okay, well that's obviously the the ultra race. So I'm like, okay, so what do I need to do to get this a place on the UTMB? Yeah. 
And it was like, well, I just need to get these points. So I was like, well, I've got two points from Grand Tour of Skidder. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Oh, I need to do a 100-mile race. And it was, I only had three months to get these points because that's just me. <laughs> I'm going to do it straight away, basically. So I'm like, okay, so where can I go to do this 100 miles? So you look on the UTMB qualifiers, don't you? And you're like, okay, I need one with this many points. Um, I've only got December to race. That's the only time I can go because it's, I don't know, it's over now. I need to book my holiday. Yeah. Um, so what's, what is there? There's Hong Kong, China. No, they're too far away. On oh, there's Poland. Right, let's just go. Right. My best friend... Lindsay, who also, by the way, I dragged into that first adventure race, so she always comes along with me, my stupid bird-brained ideas. Um, I said to her, come on, let's go to Poland for the weekend, we're going to do this race. And she was like, and there was a 10k option, so she sensibly said she'd do the 10k trail option. It might have been more, it might be 20k, I can't remember. She did a, a shortened version, sensibly, but we went to Poland. We arrived in Poland, it was freezing. It was Yeah, Poland, Poland in December, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> interesting yeah. it was snowing and I was like shit <laughs> this is <laughs> really real cold. so anyway um, we start, we go along we managed to get to the start of this race which wasn't an easy find uh, but they were lovely it's the I can't say it do you know which race it was it says it says Lem Koi Koi that's it that's it I can't say it right neither can I yeah He's such a nice guy. He really looked after us. He really helped us um, sort of get from A to B. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I start this race. Um, it's at midnight, and it was an absolute mud fest. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, it was horrendous, and I was pretty miserable, actually. I was like, oh, I don't want to run 100 miles in mud. Um, and 26 hours later, you finished the race. Yeah. And you won. Were you thinking, right, this is a sport for me now, like this is horrendous but in a good way? Because you then went in with two feet, right? Did you go to UTMB after that? Uh, yeah, I think I did some other stuff for I can't remember. But yes, I did go and do the UTMB as soon as I got my entry. Right, yeah. right. Um, I, I got an elite entry, actually. Well, you'd won everything you'd entered pretty much by that point, so that explains a lot. You're one of these people that, yeah, just seem to step in but and, and just start winning stuff, and that does happen in ultra running, and it tends to be people like yourself who've got this tremendous aerobic base from years of doing multi-sport, um, so it's not that surprising. I noticed you, you've run the Dragons back numerous times. At 2015, that's maybe your first multi-day race looking at it, and were you... Were you thinking, right, this is right where I want to be? That was amazing that year because, the, well, the field was extremely talented. We had Jasmine, Lizzie Wraith, had Beth Pascal um, and uh, Yasha Zakrazewski. I can say that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so there was a really good uh, women's field. And I think actually the results, was it not male, female, male, female, male, female, all the way down for the te yeah. top 10? It was. It was really. Like, do you know what? I've not seen that since. Yeah. That many women at, at, in the top 10. Mm. Um, well, you look at the calibre, that's probably the strongest <laughs> women's field yeah. assembled in a yeah. long time. Yeah. And I think, I would say, out of all things I've ever done, that was the most inspiring thing yeah. to see that. Yeah. And to see Jasmine, and to race against Jasmine. <laughs> that was cool. Mm. Um, she's massively yeah, inspirational. Mm. Um, but it was such a nice event. There was such, such a, a great bunch of people because um, it was really small. It's got so big now. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously, I it was hard. 
But um, I thought, yeah, it was very similar to adventure racing, very similar. Mm. So uh, if we if we catapult forward a bit, um, can you can you talk? You won Lakeland in twenty seventeen, then you went back in twenty eighteen, and um, we were there. We always volunteer up at the boot checkpoint at Lakeland, and um, you were in the lead. I think not. You won the women's race. Um, you broke twenty four hours again. But you were in the lead overall, leaving the last checkpoint with about 5k to go. Is that correct? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> Tell us what happened from that point oh. to the finish. I've always wanted to ask you this. And Okay. So, well, first of all, um, I don't know. I wasn't really thinking about the fact that I was in the lead and that I was racing, actually, was part from. And I... I quite enjoy a bit of banter with Ken, and we were obviously, we were actually passing each other, and he was overtaking me. I was overtaking him okay. quite, okay. quite a, and then yeah, I I took the lead for quite a long way. Um, so so then I I was in at Chapel Star, but I didn't know how far. I actually waited for him there. <gasps> think. <laughs> so this I, is like uh, what t- less than ten miles to go at this point. Yeah. But the marshals kicked me out. They were not having any of it. And I was like, okay, right, I have to go on my own. And anyway, I set off. And, um, and Sabrina, why why did you wait? What was your thinking? Because I didn't think, well, I thought it would be quite nice. We'll, uh, we'll run in together. I also, I knew I was going to cock up. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, anyway, I, you're quite tired, aren't you? Not oh, really. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 No, I don't know what I was doing. Anyway, I do remember as well. I then went out in just my long sleeve top and then the weather just really changed. So I literally, the, the marshals are having a go at me for hanging around. So I go out, then I um, realise it's pissing it down. And I don't have the clothes on. So I went back in, faffed about. This is so not me either. I don't really faff. Um, anyway, then put my jacket on and, and then I was like, okay, now I'm going. So I faffed about a bit. And then... Oh, God, I went, got to Tilberthwaite, and they were like, yeah, you're like six minutes ahead or something. I thought, right, I'm going to do this. Okay, I'll, I'm going to win. I was thinking, right, come on, crack on. And then I, I just took the wrong way. Oh, no, you, you went I didn't realise you got lost. Oh, yeah, I went completely wrong. Oh. Um, and I started just going down, um, just, just, just that going. That last section, just to, just to frame it oh, for the listener. Goodness. You got these stairs out of the checkpoint. There's 3.5 miles to go, yeah, but it is pretty. The trail across from there is not the most distinct in terms of there are loads of branches off of it, and you can end up um, going completely the wrong way very, very easily. So with 23 hours of running in your legs and everything else, and the weather coming in, it's not actually that surprising. But so, how, how far off course did you go before you realised? Um. You know, I wasn't really sure. I, Enough. Uh, I, yeah, a long, a long way. And then I realised I was heading into the wrong valley. So I was like, okay. Uh, oh, no. Then, you know, my watch wasn't working. I thought I would just manage to get to Coniston. So um, I then had to climb up in order to get back on the track without turning around for quite a long way. I had to climb a very steep <laughs> cliff type thing. It's a bit of free free climbing going on adventure racing yeah literally as i pulled myself up over the ledge there was ken <laughs> and what's he thinking at this point he saw you right so yeah so then i was like oh cool it's ken we'll run in together and uh and then he said 
so I, what did I say to him? I said, oh, hey, how's it going? And I said something like, yeah, well, we can finish. He said, no, nope, it's still a race, Sabs. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> this is small, probably 103 at this point, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ken. Thanks so no, much. No, good on him. I love it. Um, but he finished miles ahead. I think I just, I just, I got to that point where I was like, no, I've got nothing to, <laughs> to run for here. I've just cocked up. And, uh, I'll just trot on in. <laughs> 10 minutes looking at it he was 10 minutes ahead of you yeah ken is a fascinating racer i've raced him a few times there yeah and he goes off like a rocket exactly exactly Um, every time even though he knows that's a bad idea Mm. the thing is as well if you get into the last few miles and you know there's a guy anywhere in the vicinity i actually i can't out sprint a guy doesn't matter what um and I think, you know, at the end, if you're going to have a sprint finish, it's just not going to happen. On to the most recent topic. Uh, last, last, everything out of the park. You did the Dragon's Back. Then you did Lake and Five Passes. You threw in a Charlie Ramsey round seemingly off the cuff, um, which I'm not even sure people really knew about. And I think I only know about because of the um, our last Mativa team WhatsApp group. Then you won the Spine Fusion outright now i should add that those four things happened within the space of five weeks can you please explain (laughs) how that's a possible and what made you in specific chuck the charlie ramsey round into that insane (laughs) month (laughs) so after the dragons back 2017 a week later i did a bob graham round in this just randomly and so so I was recovered in a week more or less after that dragon's back and I was a bit annoyed that it took me two weeks and then going up that first hill into the Charlie Ramsey I was like I'm not recovered oh my god <laughs> going up Ben Nevis I was like oh this is gonna take a long time <laughs> are you on your own at this point or are you with yeah, others yeah I was on my own I was on my own um it took me 26 hours to do that um, I did the God. first leg on my own, so I did 10 hours on my own, and then I had somebody from, I met a couple of times through a running club, they lived up there, he sort of just he came out to um, do the second leg, and then he had a friend who, who came with me on my, my third leg, but um, I had to navigate it myself, um, but why did I do it, why, why do I do these things? I had a weather window, and I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> now you're a vet. For a living, right? And you have your own practice, mm. I think. So you've got the yes. flexibility to jump into these things if you want short term, right? You can, you know, you can do it. So, I mean, I totally get it. If the opportunity is there, I can't. The, the thought of coming out of a dragon's back and running the Bob Graham around the following weekend is quite frankly abhorrent. Like, I just cannot imagine the suffering. I, I don't know how I did that one. I'll that be honest. is incredible. And then, and then. You ran the Lake and Fire Passes Ultra, which, okay, is only 50k. But then you went on and you won the Spine Fusion, which is the summer edition of Spine Race, in 81 hours, the two weeks after that. Did that go really well, and were you recovered for that one? I stood on the start line, having a little word with myself and my body, and I said, I'm really sorry, body. <laughs> <laughs> I've been really bad. <laughs> and I promise this is the last one and you can have a rest 
and uh, and I, I I I knew I wasn't I wasn't uh, recovered from any of that, and I was on double cal. I've been eating double calories since the dragon's back. Right. <laughs> so right. I, all I was thinking about is how do I eat double calories to repay the dragon's back while trying to eat double calories because I'm racing. <laughs> right. So you're gonna have to put massive nutrition away to get to get yeah. the effort out of your body. So I was just like, right, this is an eating, this is a walk, this is a running picnic, is what this is, mm. and uh, it, I've got to eat. That's all I thought. I thought I've just got to eat. Forget trying to run fast, just eat and keep moving. I think actually, because I was running the beginning, how I probably would have felt at the end <laughs> because my body was so abused. I think I started at the right pace. Mm-hmm. And um, the adventure racing background kicks in then, right? Your experience of managing an effort over multiple days and dealing with sleep deprivation and navigation, all those skill sets just suddenly come to the fore and you just get in a, in a groove and just tap it out, I suppose. I mean, that's insane yeah. over 81 hours, but all the same, you know. Yeah, so I think, the... you know, years of experience of how to manage myself yeah. and that just comes naturally. So I didn't have to really think about that and you just crack on. It's the organisation, it's the knowing I need head torches and the yeah, batteries and the, you know, and the navigating and the, um, you know, watches for your GP, you know, your GPS batteries, whatever you're using, you need to um, manage that. Um, so all of that was easy, as it were. Um, and then, and, yeah. And how much sleep do you get in that 81 hours, Sabrina? Are you, are you... I can't remember now. I think I had a little bit more in the summer than I did in winter. But mm-hmm. it's around three and a half hours, I think. Some... So an hour a day. That's um, some going. Okay. Jumping forward, you then, um, can I just say classic, that you won Robotham's Round Rotherham um, 50 in October. That event was around when I first started ultra running. It was one of maybe two 50 milers on the scene at the time. It's great to see it still going. I had no idea it was still... It used to be in December. Yeah, well done on that I'm one. I'm going to be honest. I, I do regret doing that race. It's I not the most been... scenic course. Right? Oh, it was awful. It was like like it's central. It was horrible. <laughs> oh, it's city and it's... I was like, why do I ever leave the Lake District? It's so beautiful. Yeah, well, quite. <laughs> to go and run around Rotherham, I totally get that kind of thought. <laughs> it, was, it was batshit crazy what it was. But anyway, I did it. <laughs> and, then, and then the most recent accomplishment, a win at the Spine Race, win tradition. 108.07.17. So we're talking four and a half days. Just tell us what is the spine about and how did this year's race go for you? And also, can you sell it to Dan and me as something yeah. that we should definitely do? So it's addictive, first of all, so just be careful. Okay. <laughs> okay, because I looked at the winter one last year when I wasn't racing and I was like, as I said, why are people doing this? You know, why would you do that? You can do it in summer. And it's awesome, you know, and you have daylight and you can see the mountains and stuff and, you know, enjoy yourself. The weather's pleasant, you can wear shorts and T-shirt and you can just, you know, you can enjoy your running. So Mm. that's why I chose to do the spine in summer. Makes perfect sense, yeah. Okay, so after running the spine in summer, I couldn't think about anything else except running the spine again because it's a unique experience. Now, people talk about the spine family and it is so true. When you're in your spine bubble you have 
just this family around and everyone is lovely. Everyone you meet is nice. Everyone wants the same things. And you just shut off the rest of the world. Nothing else matters. And yeah, you're just with all these amazing people. And you're just running into these checkpoints where people just are looking after you, um, getting you ready to go out again. And then more than that, along the way, there's all these random people that you don't know. And they come out, you know, middle night or whenever. And um, they come and cheer you on and talk to you and give you food and stuff. And um, then you're running along in the middle of nowhere and there's no one around. And you just come across a box of roses that someone's left for spine runners saying good luck spiners what, on the floor <laughs> yeah or like in a bird feeder so you think oh i'll have a chocolate and you open it up and there's bars and crisps and all sorts it's a bit like a treasure trail oh it's really exciting that happens uh summer and winter yeah yeah, yeah. yeah not so much in the summer i'll be honest uh, uh-huh. There was some in the summer, but uh, my God, there was so much more in the winter. But then um, there's this lovely um, bunkhouse um, just before Middleton. And there was a blackboard there, big blackboard saying, come in, spiders. And you're like, oh, that's kind of exciting. I just want to see what's in there. <laughs> just being nosy. So you're like in the middle of this race going, I'm just going to go and have a look. And then there was these cupcakes. Oh, and they were so beautiful. I didn't even want to eat them. But I was like, well, it'd be rude not to, wouldn't it? How so many did you eat? <laughs> and uh, and and, you, and then there's a kettle there, and you make yourself a coffee, and oh, there was right. a fire, and there's a sofa, and it's amazing. And so then you just refuel, and you feel so good, and then off you go again, and it's great. And it's well, one of the things like that. that puts me off is the fact that there's only about well, the checkpoints seem to be about fifty miles apart, but so there's little things going on in between those points where there's interactions and you can there's a shot yeah that's part of the fun thing is that you really don't know what there might be right and that, right because uh, in summer i had no idea i didn't i wasn't expecting anything i just packed all my food for the leg and off i went yeah and uh, and then yeah to find these pleasant surprises it was really cool and the, and the course is exactly the same it's exactly yeah. the same it's, it's the pen on way right yeah Yes, it's the Pennine Way. So there checkpoints are, are the same. Uh... So it's not 268 miles. It's more like 275 miles. Right. Just so you know. <laughs> right, okay. okay. So if you had a choice, if you could only run the spine once again, would you do summer or winter? No, I would do the summer one. you do the summer? Yeah. After doing the base, I only need to do this once. So that's fine. And then something happened two days after the race, probably less than two days after the race, and I'm like, I need to enter again. It was a bit sad, actually. I was trying to enter, and it wasn't open yet. <laughs> and that's the point but, where you think there's something wrong with me. Two days is definitely the layover period between, oh, that was so hard, thank God I've finished, to, okay, let's go again. Yeah. Right, I just yeah. have a hang-up with the Pennine Way. I'll just be honest. The sections yeah. of the Pennine Way that I've been on, even in summer are just bog and slabs and i realize there are some stunning sections and i haven't seen all of them hike up nick uh cross fell you know you're going over some truly epic terrain but there is so much water and so much bog right how much of a drain is that in the winter race how much are you forced to walk that in summer you could run (laughs) yeah the winter was horrendous for bog it truly was this year, I think, 
was because you could have a nice permafrost and not have any bog. Right. Yeah. Um, but we didn't. We had so much bog this year. I think this year <laughs> was horrendous conditions underfoot. You know, it really was bad underfoot. Okay. And I'll be honest, my tendons were wrecked. So wrecked. Everybody, right. I think you could not finish that race without tendonitis because your poor feet are rolling from side to side. Your feet are sliding all the time. And it literally, like within 24 hours, honestly, you, you, when you pull up your feet, they feel like they've been sucked into the ground. You know, there's so much suction on your really sore. Sabrina, head. you're supposed to be selling this to us. Well, yeah. yes. <laughs> oh, I'm going to need to. It was hard. The bog was hard. But you're not going to get a bog. You're going to have beautiful permafrost and you're just going <laughs> to glide across, you know, and it will be easy. But um, what are the bad bits? Well, no, let's concentrate on the no, good bits. Yeah, what are love. the good bits? Tell me what um, the good bits are. I love Hike Up Nick. Can you, can you not love Hike yeah, Up Nick? Yeah, totally, totally. Stunning. And yeah. Crossfell's, the bit going up to Crossfell was absolutely beautiful this year because I think I'd gone over in the dark in summer. It was really cool. There were some bits I saw in the light in winter that I okay. hadn't seen in the light in summer. Yeah, yeah. And one bit was, yeah, going out of Dufton up that first hill, it was absolutely stunning because the hills were just a little bit white um because we just had a little bit of snow it mm. was it was absolutely beautiful mm. and you got a, a stunning um yeah sunset little mm. kind of purple haze oh um, and when storm brendan rolled in this year how far into the race were you and how, oh, how bad I was, was that i've done great shanafel um yeah me and simon got the brunt of storm brendan but you know what i loved it it's exhilarating it's exhilarating yeah there's something really cool about being beaten up by the weather it's like you're being boxed from side to side yeah yeah. you know i actually there was one moment where it went a little bit far actually i i did actually lose the head torch i fell over and lost the head torch it was rolling down the hill and i thought oh crap that's something i never considered happening is my head torch rolling away from me because you're then in the dark, uh, so I had to. I was so glad it stopped rolling away, and that you can see where it is because it's mm. lit up. But you know, I was just crawling on hands and knees to get to it because I couldn't see anything. Mm. <laughs> okay, so so another. I, I, I'm really sort of trying to in, get insightful information here, but <laughs> tell yeah. us about the kit. Like I've spoken to John Kerry afterwards, and he he has mm. a bit of a gripe with the kit list. He's just like. I, you know, I would never use some of the stuff on that list. Yeah, no, you know, agreed. it's not even possible to use it, even if it was an emergency. How am I going to light a stove? Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. yeah. How much stuff are you? How much weight are we talking about? And is it a bit prohibitive to being it, able to it's run? It's most. Well? Of, it's most of the pack. It drove me insane, actually. But um, because I think if you should be free to choose what you need to keep yourself safe. Sure. And I completely agree. A stove. I never ever going to get a stove out right uh, no i'm just not and the reason i'm not going to do that is because at no cost am i going to sit still yep. <laughs> because yep. if even if i break a leg if i sit still i'm going to get hypothermia. i have to move this man <laughs> i'm carrying with me i have to keep moving um to drag my sorry ass down and and wait for yeah, what, what is the stove for yeah so you fall yeah, over and break your leg i, I don't know so you can, um, you can make a nice cup of tea <laughs> yeah it's so english isn't it yeah. well anyway you can just sort of improvise a little bit and have a sort of hundred mil aluminium 
no, sorry, titanium cup that yeah. you weigh very much, and you know you can you can whittle the weight down a little bit. Yeah. Um, the yeah. sleeping bag drives me mad because I'd much rather have layers I can move in than a sleeping bag which is no use because you can't walk in it. Yeah. I mean, I would just wrap it around me, I think, mm-hmm. as underneath a jacket yeah. to try and stay warm. But so I could use it that way. But I would rather have uh, another warm layer. That's very um, interesting because that's the way I read it. But nevertheless, the kit list is there for a reason. Though. Yeah, you don't you don't argue it. There yeah, stuff and it's the same it. for everybody. We have it in our <laughs> yeah. events where the last yeah. five people finish in the dark, but we need everyone to carry a head torch because yeah. you can't have um, different lists for different people. So I, I totally get it. But okay, so <laughs> when you come into the checkpoints, you've got a drop bag that moves with you. So you're collecting and picking up what you need and you have to leave each checkpoint with a certain number of calories in your bag is that right yeah and that must be quite weighty right because you're going sometimes 50 miles you know between checkpoints yeah but you need it yeah so you're piling through thousands of calories basically right yeah yeah you need to eat them what makes up your calories Serena? what what are you carrying yeah what's your go-to yeah okay so it was different for summer and winter because in the winter i was just thinking the most important thing is I've got to eat this food right and I'm going to have gloves on so actually all I was thinking about is what can I eat with gloves on and Mm. that's bars you know and I don't really like bars that much but I was like it's got to be practical because I'm not going to be picking things like crisps out of a packet or you know even sweets you know because I'm going to wear big gloves yeah so um basically chocolate bars cereal bars porridge bars anything that came in bar form is what i had but the good thing the best thing the best thing about the spine is the food so actually when you get to these checkpoints you you get really good food i mean there's not just one thing they shove at you it's a menu what would you yeah i've seen on the facebook lives yeah yeah Yeah. and oh my god the lasagna i could eat (laughs) i could eat whole tray of lasagna and garlic bread I love garlic. And by the time so, you get into these places, that is manna from heaven, right? You just like, oh, oh, just show me, show me it all. So tell us about this year's race then. So you led pretty much from the start, but Debbie, Martin Kansani and a couple of the other leading ladies were not far behind you. But then over the last day or so, you seem to put this uh, gap into not just the women, but also the guys behind you as well. I know that you probably just, you know, went through without with less sleep. Uh, but you seem to be moving well as well. You know, tactically, are you aware of the race unfolding? You know, and was there a, a plan in place? I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> this the ra- this that race did nothing about the winter spine. No, that's not true. One thing about the winter spine went to plan, but the actual running was abysmal. Uh, it was really abysmal. So part of the pro- my problem was the lead up. To, to the race um, I'd gone out and done the Everest marathon and um, actually three weeks when you can't really run uh, because you're at altitude I think was terrible training and you, when people always talk about altitude training it's not a good idea <laughs> like, okay, that's like, interesting yeah yeah it's a bad idea because you can't use your muscles because you, you, your lungs don't work and that's probably also because of mathematics so I really struggled and um, then when I got back, so this is, we got back 7th of December, I had a horrible chest infection and I was literally in bed for two weeks hacking. So I had bed rest, so I had no muscle use for three weeks, then bed rest for two weeks. And then 
I basically, by the time I recovered from that, had a week to train for the spine. Oh, and right. So I was in poor shape and I just, I didn't even know whether to start the damn thing, but I, I, I can't, yeah, sometimes I, yeah, I don't help myself and I just, I just had to do it. I don't know why. Mm. Um, and I, I sort of said to, to Ben, my husband, I said, you know, I said it out. I said, I'm going to finish that race. I said, unless I actually break myself properly as in I have a fracture and I really can't finish this race. I'm going to finish that race I said don't you let me <laughs> abandon that race I was just I'm not going to do that I'm going to do it slowly because I'm in poor shape but I'm bloody going to do it so then uh, in the first half hour I managed to properly face plant you know in front of everybody because everyone's there at the beginning yeah it was bad and because I because everyone was there I didn't really think about what I'd done I just I just got up quickly and just sort of hobbled and sort of told everyone I was fine and just to carry on and you know and then I'm running along not even running I'm walking back to walking in half an hour because I realized my knees are absolutely this you know it's smart and you think it'll be all right in a minute it'll be all right in a minute. it really wasn't hobbling <laughs> around so my start was really slow then my hip flexors were playing up so it was very painful I think the first 10 hours were just painful I really yeah it was bad and I got to Hebden Bridge and I was like okay I ought to look at what I've done to my knees and they opened both of them I didn't realize and of course at this point you've got you know four days left yeah and I was just like oh never mind so anyway the medics cleaned them up and shoved some really good plasters on and actually that helped a lot it just it just hurt a lot less um and then you know and then everything else starts hurting and you forget about that (laughs) particular problem so it was all right um, and then uh, I don't even I'm not even sure what's happened to what happened to my ankle, but there was clearly a problem in my ankle. And I I think it was something I did before the race. So the week before the race in my one week of training, I did go up to um, just before hike up Nick. Along there is a rather slippery, rocky section, um, mm. which I thought I just I just remembered it in the summer and thinking there must be another way around these stupid rocks. But unfortunately, there isn't. Um, and I slid my foot in between two rocks and bashed my ankle and something swelled then um but it went down I didn't think much of it but um I think that was what swelled up again in the race and um I I I don't know I must have hit it again or something but it was fine until I left Hawes and I left Hawes and it's road like three kilometers of flat road to Hardraw so you should just be bombing along at least at least manage sort of 10k an hour but I was kind of half hobbly, maybe doing four or five K an hour. And I was thinking, why can't I run? What is wrong with me? And I was like, my, my ankle really hurts. I was just like, why does it hurt? I haven't just hit it or anything. And I took the shoe, I was like, I have to stop. And I, I took my shoe apart. And I was like, this ankle was so swollen. It wouldn't really even fit in the shoe. And I was just like, oh. And I was like, I should really go back to Hawes and sort this out. I knew, I was like, this is what I should do. I should go back to Hawes and fix this because there's something going on really wrong here um but I, and i stood there for a minute in the road going i don't want to go back you can't go, back. go 5k back mm. at that point can you no i'm like well it probably wasn't even that it might have been only 2k but i was like oh. i don't want to go back i can't go back so <laughs> going back i'm not gonna leave horse right and yeah, then yeah i was just like no so i so i just hobbled along with these thoughts in my head hobbly miserable and storm brendan is brewing at this time and I'm just like, I'm such an idiot. And I just, I got into this um, 
into the shelter because it was really blowing a hoonie and pissing it down. I'm in my poncho anyway, so at least I'm all right. But um, And I was like, right, I need to sort this out. So I take the shoe off, I sort it out, look at the thing, and I'm like, okay, it's hurting because of the pressure of the shoe on the swollen bit. Mm. So I basically tied my shoe in a different way, like the tongue I had to tie down so it wasn't tied on, you know, so the laces are not holding your foot in, the, the tongue is tied basically to the floor of the shoe to stop uh-huh, it. Yeah. And, and I was like, okay, right, that now <coughs> isn't too bad. <laughs> We're now from completely unbearable pain to bearable pain. So I was like, okay, that's good, right, I'll just hobble up Shonafel and we'll just, we'll see, we'll just take this one step at a time and see what happens. And uh, yeah, luckily Storm Brendan was actually, there was a tailwind, like really strong, but at least it was a tailwind. Yeah, I wondered if you were getting that, because when I looked at the map, the arrows were pointing due north, and I was thinking, that is kind of ideal. Yeah, I basically got blown up, Shonafel. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) But when I got to the top, anyway, but Simon caught me up going up there, because I messed about so much. Simon caught me, but actually that was great, because Simon's a great guy. And um, the navigation was really hard up there. So I think we needed both of us to uh, navigate that. So we kind of stuck together and it was really hairy up there. That was the hairiest part of the race. I mean, that was was where, as I said, you know, I got blown over, head torch came off, the whole lot was was in a mess. Um, So so that was good that we were together, really. Um, But then I'd sort of kind of, because the weather was so bad, I think I'd forgotten about my ankle at the top. You go along the top, well, I say that it's up and down a little bit, but it's about 10k maybe across the top. Um, and then we were coming down into Thwaite, um, and that's when I realised that how painful it was going downhill is even worse than, you know, the flat. So I was really slow, and, and um, I wanted Simon to just go ahead because I was slowing him down, but he wouldn't leave me because he's a top man. Um, and then, of course, I felt guilty because I'm holding him up. So then I had to just grimace and get on with it. Because <laughs> I'm like, I can't have Simon get hypothermic because he's waiting with me because I'm hobbling around. So I, I, it hurt so much. But I tried to go as fast as I could down into Thwaite. Um, and then I need, we needed to get into somewhere warm because Simon was really cold. And I needed to look at my ankle. And there was nowhere in Thwaite. Um, but I knew there was Keld reading room, which is a little bit off route. So we had to struggle on to there. But Keld reading room is a little find. I mean, it's got a kettle. Um, you can donate donates money and there's always cakes there and things. How far off route is this place for a ride uh, down? It should have been 500 metres. But in my not so good mental state, I managed to make us do an extra kilometre, I think. Okay, together. okay. Worth right. a detour, yeah. And, and how far into the race are you um, at this point? Really not very, 110 miles. And not, very, not very, 110 miles. But yeah, I yeah, suppose yeah. you're not even halfway at this stage. Not even halfway, not even halfway, mm. yeah. Right. Yeah, and I was wondering if it was a race ender, and I was, all I could just yeah, think sure. was, I was just not wanting to not do it and how pissed off I was that, you know, <laughs> things weren't functioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, but anyway, you're still in the lead. Really. You're still in the lead, yeah, by yeah. quite a bit, yeah. It doesn't really matter though if you can't finish, does it? Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but you did. <laughs> I did, but yeah. I didn't know I couldn't. So yeah. I got into Keld reading room, and um, yeah, we had. I ate a lot of cake there, to, you know that helps. <laughs> and um, and then I iced my ankle. There's some ice there, which got the swelling down, and uh, took loads of painkillers, and then 
I was a good one. And that was it. And, that, and then, and then so, so the last, you know, over half the race went more to plan. You just had a little bit. How much sleep did you get over the last, you know, two or three days? Um, not very much. Uh, I didn't really sleep till I got to Bellingham. Which is almost the last checkpoint, right? Yeah. So so, so from the start, is it right? I'm going to go through the first, you know, 100 miles without sleep because I know that's doable and then see how I go. Or are you just saying to yourself, I'm not going to sleep unless I actually have to. And therefore, it's just, you know, it is when it is. I think the best way to do it is um, you also want to think about what is happening externally. You can't control the weather in the daylight and so on. Right. You do not want to sleep during daylight. No, you know, that's no. silly. When there's only eight hours of daylight a day, you don't want to sleep. And that you was the problem. Yeah. When I got to pause, it was two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, and okay. yeah. um, But it would have been sensible to sleep because Storm Brendan, you could have slept and not been out in Storm Brendan, which was a great move. But I didn't want to lose the daylight, and I wasn't actually tired at that point. That mm. was also the problem. Mm. Otherwise, I think if you were tired at that point, that would have been the best thing to do, would be sleep while Storm Brendan is happening and then get up. Absolutely. And yeah. Yeah. But I wasn't tired, and it was daylight, so I decided to crack on. Um, and... Um, then we did have a little kip in the bunkhouse before Middleton, just 10 minutes. Um, I was with Simon and James at that point. And, um, yeah, we were starting to get, feel a little bit fatigued. So we had 10 minutes. And then Middleton, I think Simon wanted us to leave together again. and But he wanted to take longer than me in the checkpoint. I was just going to have five minutes and carry on. But he wanted to go together. So I was like, OK, um, I'm going to sleep. When you're ready to go, wake me up. Because I don't want to sit there doing nothing. Um so I did sleep there. I have no idea because I just told him to wake me up when he was ready. <laughs> God. Mm. So, God knows. Um, and that was it, really. I might have had another 10 minutes. Oh, I had 10 minutes in Garrigal after Crossfell. And, so, and that was another bad bit um, because coming off Crossfell, uh, we got hypothermic going over Crossfell. So I had to stop in Greg's hut to get my temperature back up. And then my ankle swelled while I was sat down. So I couldn't get down Gar- to Garrigill very quickly. And again, I thought it was another race ender. Um, so I told Simon to go to go on ahead, which he was very reluctant to, but I did make him. And then Valter came past as well. And I told him to carry on and not wait for me. <laughs> so uh, it took me a very long time to get down to Garrigill. Uh, um, and that is another thing. As I was coming down, I was trying to think, it's 11 o'clock at night, there's going to be nothing open in Garrigill, I'm going to have to push on to Ol- um, which was pretty miserable, because I just tried to have two paracetamol, my last two paracetamol, and I dropped one of them, so I only got one. So it was a very low point then, um, but as I was sort of coming up to, to Garrigill, two lights came up the hill, and um, it was just a couple of, um, uh, yeah, they were part chocolate, of the- Chocolate roses, people. Yeah! <laughs> This was part of the spine team, I think. Um, yeah. So it was Steph Dwyer. Um, and um, she said there was a lady in Garrigill who was absolutely desperate for a spiner to come and visit her house. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> so I went to Annie's house and she was awesome. 
Sally um, on. Yeah, so I got lovely. some more drugs and we iced my little ankle and I got going again. Um, right. Are you sold then, James? Um, you go see Annie. Annie will be so happy to see you. I don't know if I'm sold just on the Annie thing because I don't think she'll want to see me, but yeah. I do, I, it's intriguing for sure. I'd get the whole atmosphere, the community, the, you know, the environment of the race. The main things that put me off are the fact that it's on the Pennine Way and the sleep deprivation. I just, I don't have that much of a good story with regards to sleep deprivation. And I think I'd need more than you, way more than you get, Sabrina. But I, yes. I don't know is the answer. I really, I really don't know if I do or no, not because I've never is, been there. So This is the other thing is I think there are different strategies for different people. Yeah. Okay. And I think that men generally especially the stronger ones should have more sleep because right. after a sleep they benefit from that yeah so they have i think that the optimal strategy for the fastest guy would be to have four hours a night really, really? and then crack on yeah yeah, yeah. you're so much better you're refreshed aren't you yeah, yeah and you can just go and they will get their speed back for me mm. i'm actually worse after a sleep right right <laughs> i'm just rubbish because yeah, and I don't get any speed benefit, and okay. it's just of no use to me. So you, um, you're but, almost treated like um, if you were faster, like a multi-day race where you're yeah. coming in with a plan. Yeah. That's exactly the way Dan treats uh, the jog, really, isn't it, Dan? You know, four-hour four sleep and then um, yeah, an hour yeah, either side again. prep time and then off again. Yeah, so it's a similar thing. And actually, when you put it in that kind of you frame it that way, it becomes very different. And this is what I've said to people about TDG before. I mean, I've never done the tour, um, so I'm hardly one to sp start spouting advice, but it seems to me that you get a week, and if you want to take a week, uh, you could take it pretty leisurely and get a good amount of rest and actually enjoy a lot of the journey. Mm. Um, and I think that way of doing things is very different to the... I'm just going to go, 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 no sleep, you know, complete deprivation. I mean, they're just different events. Um, you know the Dutch guy, Walter. I know him from Adventure. Okay, yeah. Now, I'll tell you, at the beginning, he set off like an absolute rocket, okay. too fast. He was never going to do that pace. Yeah. But then he was a bit broken and ended up having sleep. And I think in his head, at Hawes, he'd even kind of sacked the race off a little bit. Okay. But managed to get himself out of whores and just pushed on. He then went on to race really well. And he kept taking a lot of sleep. We would see each other. He'd then be faster and push on. And then he'd sleep. And then I'd get ahead. And then he'd pass me again. And then he'd sleep. He's sleeping that, in, in the checkpoints or in between? Yeah, oh, in, in the, the checkpoints. checkpoints. Okay. In the checkpoints. <laughs> so he's getting good quality sleep on beds, in the warmth. In beds? Uh, yeah. There are beds on the spine. Oh, my God, I didn't mention that. You wow. get beds. You get towers. Wow. In my head, it's just uh, lay on the floor yeah. by a floors. radiator. Cold yeah. floors. Oh, my God. It's amazing. And then Bellingham, you have tents, but they're inside. And then you've got your mat that's in your bag. So it's totally comfortable. Well, this is... Hold on. This is taking on a whole it's different... A, it's whole a game. With the food and the beds, it's now, it's now a different thing. I do appreciate like that you still... It's luxury. It's like... Duvets it's and hot water yeah, bottles. You get, and... Yeah, you do. Yeah. You get everything. Yeah, but you've got to go 50 miles on the Pennine Way in winter in between each one. So, 
you know. Yeah, you're just doing a few ultras. You're just doing five cities <laughs> back to back. Yeah, and that's yeah. what you've got to think of it as. Yeah. And you get to have your sleep and your yeah. shower and your food and yeah, and, and then it can roses. Take... Yeah. yeah. So if you do, if you did 24 hours and then four hours sleep, 24 hours and four hours sleep five times, that's only going to take you six days. I don't yeah. know. I feel I feel myself being slightly more swayed. I'm slightly swayed every time it comes around, and then I see the footage and I'm like, No um, chance. I don't know, Dan. What's your uh, what's your perspective? Dan is a man, Sabrina, who hates to be cold and just doesn't really do that well no, in the cold. It just so. it just wouldn't work for me, man. I I would be. I just know I'd be hideous. You've got to be prepared haven't you and i would not be yeah i'd have the wrong kit you'd have no head torch you'd have one road shoes yeah so true i would really genuinely worry about you out there um yeah it just wouldn't work so uh yeah i think if you've got all the right kit and everything and that you can be that kind of snug on on top of those hills in those that bit you know of weather. You know what you really need. All you really I'd be winging it. Is a poncho. Yeah, a we poncho, saw that one. poncho. I was impressed. Honestly. You know, it's like right. Okay, I'm just going to waterproof my entire well, like a, body. Like a waterproof yeah. or like a big it's like, kind of Mexican. It's like Mexican... you're walking in a tent. You feel totally invincible. <laughs> Just need Hang to on. wear a wigwam. Isn't it like yeah. having a sail strapped to your body, though, when it's really windy? Well, that's what everyone worried about. But if you put it under your rucksack... Yeah, right. And if the wind's coming from behind... Hey! Exactly, yeah. it was. Blown up great shunner in my, in my poncho. So ponchos cork it. Right, we've been yeah. going for quite some time, but there's one thing oh, right. I really want to get to before um, we get to the end, and that is uh, your plan for this... June. 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 Where you are going after the Wayne? I'm going to say Wayne Wright's record. Can you tell us? We had Paul Tierney on last year, who obviously set the um, the new record for running all 214 of the Lake District Wayne Wright tops uh, consecutively, yes. just over six days. You're taking on the same challenge this June. Are you going the same way? And are you going? When I say the same way, I mean loosely the same kind of direction as Paul. Are you using the sort of refined route that Steve Burke and Shaw and Paul kind of have worked on? Uh, and what are you going for? Is it the journey or is this a record attempt? I've wanted to do this challenge since Steve did it. And when I saw him, what he was doing, and bear in mind, I don't think I was even ultra running yet. Um, I was like, that, that is the challenge for me. Mm. So I've been thinking about it for six years. Yeah. Um, and then Paul did it, and, well, I'd already planned to do it this year. I'd always planned 2020. It's something I'm, I've desperately wanted to do. Why? I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, uh, I do just like being out in the hills. I, it, it is a, this is a real challenge. So a challenge is not something you know you can do. Mm-hmm. There has to be a real chance of failure. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, and I think that's why I really want to do Winter Spine as well. So... I will be chuffed to bits if I finish it. That's the first thing. Let's get a women's record on there. I'm not aware of one. And I do think that it is doable if you have the right conditions, uh, ground and weather. I think it's doable in less than six days. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, And what did Paul do it in? Six days and six hours. Uh-huh. Mm. 
I think it's yeah. doable in less than six days. You pointed something out there, Sabrina. I don't think any women have gone for it. So you're setting a new marker and just putting something down by just finishing it. And absolutely, I mean, first and foremost, it's about the journey. How can people um, follow you, get behind you? You know, what's going to be, are you going to have a website? Or is this much more about you and the journey and it's going to be much lower key than that? I think, well, I will have a tracker on on the, de- on the okay. week that yeah. after it. Yeah. So when it gets going, I'm sure, you know, everyone loves watching the dots. And, oh, yeah. You know, quite addictive. So there'll be that. But I I did watch um, Paul's Wainwright film uh, two nights ago. And I was a little alarmed about how many people were sometimes on some of the legs. Yeah. Um, and I think that would be too much for me. Yeah. Um, I just want one or two two people to, to come along max um so i i don't want there to be crowds on the hill i think i'll just i think that will scare me a little bit yeah it makes sense i um, think some of the local run i mean i i'm, I'm sorry to have a chance to watch it yet but he had local filming clubs joining in and basically running whole sections with him right yes so, there's like um, 30 people somewhere and um, you're like oh my god mm. no that, that would just be <laughs> that, that that would be too that wouldn't be the way i want to do yeah, it yeah, um yeah i mean it will be you know coming into Keswick would be absolutely amazing I'm sure that oh. I, I turned up obviously I was there when Paul finished and you just want to be there so I know how that feels so that would be awesome um mm-hmm. but I've got to do it first <laughs> well we wish you the very best of luck um, yeah good good luck yeah can't wait to follow it it's gonna be amazing as is whatever you turn to in the future including the spine race 2021 He'll be up against James. Uh... He'll be yes. up against J- James someone. There's another James in the race. I don't know what his surname is, but it isn't me. Yeah, I think my interest is even more peaked after this conversation, but perhaps um, when we get together later in uh, in April for our team meet-up, we, uh, we can get a bit more of the, uh, the real fine detail down. Sabrina, thank you so much. Keep inspiring <laughs> us all. And next time... You go off course just after Tilbethwaite and uh, Ken says, no, it's still a race. Make sure you hammer it past him. Don't let him run run away next time. (laughs) Oh, God. Hearts in mouth. Just waiting to see who's going to cross the line first. uh, Oh, no. No, no. Well done to Ken. Great win. Great win, Ken. uh, Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, he ran a good race in the end. All the same for now. Thank you, Sabrina. And All right. thanks, Sabrina. Cheers, guys. We'll see you soon. Well, Cheers. This is awesome. the bewitched episode. Ah, ah. <laughs> yeah. We're going, aren't we, to the uh, to the reunion concert? Do you want to explain why you're saying this? Because <laughs> we are. No, because you, you love the... you love one of the people in Bewitched. No, I think I think on a long run, a few a few months ago, we both came to the realization that we were quite big bewitched fans, weren't we? No. In our in our youth. No, we <laughs> didn't. Uh... We didn't find that out. You said you were, and I I said I remembered them. <laughs> That's what happened. And then you said that you were going to see them in Bracknell Service Station or something. <laughs> It is, yeah. It's one of the best open air um, concert venues in the country. (laughs) Bracknell Services. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good one. I saw Wright said Fred there in 1992. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. He he was a superb performer. He was. He went up up close in Bracknell Services. Yeah. Yeah. 
fucking tingles up your spine. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, what's that bell for? What? What was that bell for? That bell is uh, we're talking rubbish bell. <laughs> okay, that's quite <laughs> handy. You should definitely use that ongoing. I may have to edit some of this out. Maybe I'll edit this bit out and put it at the end.